Hello everyone. Today we will be studying the Mishnayot for January 8th, the third and fourth Mishnah of the fifth chapter in Mesachet Brachot. The Mishnah says like this, Ha'omer al-Kansibor yagiu rachamecha. The Mishnah is going to mention a few phrases that if one says, then that person should be quieted. Someone should silence him. In other words, he's saying something improper. What are the examples of improper tefillot? Improper prayers. The first one is, the person says, The person says that your mercy extends to the bird's nest. What's this referring to? We know there's a commandment to send away the mother bird before you take the egg. And the seemingly, um, you know, seemingly the purpose of this mitzvah is that the mother bird should not see the egg taken away. So this person then goes ahead and says to God, your mercy extends to bird's nest. What exactly does that mean? That means you're praying to God that just as your mercy extends to birds, so too, you know, you should have mercy on us. And the Mishnah goes on to say that you should silence such a person. And the Gemara sort of disputes what's the reason you should silence him. So the Gemara gives two reasons. Either because you're instilling jealousy in the works of creation, as if to say that God only has mercy on the birds and not any other animal. And the other reason of the Gemara, it's a little bit hard to understand. We don't have time to elaborate right now. The other reason the Gemara says is because um, he's sort of saying that God's mitzvahs have to do with mercy. Where in truth, they are a decree. Again, you know, the reason given is uh, it has to do with mercy. Um, but when someone invokes this in his prayer, uh, he is making it seem that the whole purpose of this mitzvah is mercy and not that it's just a commandment from Hashem to do so. Again, there is more to say on this, but I will move on for now. That someone prays to Hashem, where you say to Hashem, you know, that on, on good, we remember your name. As if to say that we don't remember the, God's name when bad things happen. Now, we know the Gemara tells us, just like you have to bless Hashem when good things happen, so do you have to bless Hashem when bad things happen. In other words, in order, one has to recognize Hashem in everything that happens in their life. But the, this person, again, got up to pray and he says, Altov, on the good, Yizachar Shemcha. The next thing that the Mishnah tells us, Modem, Modem, Mishtakin, also somebody who, when he says Modem, right, the bracha of thanks, he says it twice. Thanks, thanks, Modem, Modem. Says the Mishnah, Mishtakin, so you got to quiet him. Why do you have to quiet him? Uh, because it sounds like he's thanking two gods, right? In those days, uh, especially, there was a concern for heretics running around. So the Mishnah tells us that if someone is thanking twice, then probably he's thanking two gods. So we've got to silence that person. The Mishnah continues, Someone is chazen, and he made a mistake. He made a mistake. So, We place someone uh, in his stead, right? We remove him and put up another chazen. And the Mishnah tells us, That generally speaking, if one is asked to be chazen, they're supposed to be like humble, like, oh, you know, maybe ask somebody else. In this case, they're clearly in a rush, right? Because the chazan was davening. He made a mistake, like in, in the middle of the blessing, he forgot the bracha, or he skipped an entire blessing. So he is removed. Perhaps he's removed because we're concerned that maybe he skipped those words or skipped the blessing on purpose. And then we put up someone else again instead of him. So the Mishnah says that, that when you go ahead and you ask the, another person to replace the first chazan, the person who's replacing shouldn't refuse. He shouldn't act all humble. Why? Because everyone's in the middle of davening, right? There's, there's a major rush 
um, you know, when somebody has to be removed. Uh, so one should not act all humble when being asked to be a chazan. In, in this scenario, the mission continues, where does the person begin? In other words, when this chazan number two replaces chazan number one, where does he begin? He replaces, he begins from where the person made a mistake. So if the person skipped a few words, you start from where he, from the last word that he said, or if he skipped an entire blessing, you go back to that blessing, to the last blessing that he had said. This part of the mission is pretty obvious. Okay, now the mission is going to discuss that during the repetition, the next mission, now that uh, during the repetition of the Amidah, there's something called Birchat Kohanim, right? We've all been in Shul. When Birchat Kohanim happens, the Kohanim get up, again, in the middle of the Chazarat Hashatz, middle of the repetition. So the mission tells us, that the Chazan should not respond to the Kohanim who are leading, right? The Kohanim lead the Tzibor in their blessings. And then the entire Tzibor answers, Amen. The Chazan shouldn't answer, Amen. Why not? Says the Mishnah, because it's going to cause confusion. It's going to cause confusion, meaning he's still in the middle of his job, right? He has to uh, begin the next bracha immediately after the Kohanim finish their blessings. So by saying Amen, the Mishnah tells us that, again, we risk confusion. Like he, he sort of should keep his mind on the next blessing, you know, Sim Shalom. And if he starts saying Amen, he might forget. Again, remember, in those days, uh, it's not like everybody had a Sidur in front of them. A lot of this was uh, by heart. Uh, therefore, we want to make sure that his mind sticks to the next blessing and is not removed by answering Amen to the blessings of the Kohanim. But let's say he's the only Kohen and he himself has to do it. So the Mishnah actually tells us, Even if he's the only Kohen, he does not do Berchat Kohanim because that will for sure mess him up. If he sort of is confident that he'll be able to do so, that he could lift up his hands, he could do Berchat Kohanim and resume, return straight back to the next bracha, then Rashai. However, it does seem like the Mishnah only grants this permission when he is the only Kohen. But if there are other Kohanim in the Beit HaKnesset, then there's, there's no reason for us to allow him to do the Berchat Kohanim. We have the Kohanim's blessings from the other Kohanim. So even if he's confident that he'll be able to resume in his tefillah, he should stay in his place. It does seem like nowadays uh, we try to do two things. Number one, we don't ask Kohanim to be Chazanim because we don't want to get ourselves into this situation where they have to do the Birchat Kohanim in the middle of the repetition. Uh, but, if you, but obviously not every time can you have it where the Chazan is not, you know, there's not a Kohen. Let's say the Kohen is a Chiyuv. He's supposed to pray uh, for the Amr. So of course we allow Kohanim to pray uh, to be the Chazan. So the Halacha nowadays is again with Sidurim, uh, there's no such concern that people, that the Kohen is going to forget you know, the next blessing, that he won't be able to go back uh, smoothly to the next bracha. So nowadays, we do allow the Kohen to be a Kohen, to do Berchat Kohanim, even in all of the repetition of the Amidah. Okay, that is, uh, with that, we conclude our two Mishnahs for the day. Uh, thank you so much uh, for taking time out to study some Torah.